Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week we read Parsha Toldot, the amazing Parsha that contains the two famous stories about the twin brothers, Yaakov and Esav. The first story, the story of the lentil soup, when Yaakov takes the birthright from Esav. And then, much later, the story when Yitzchak can no longer see and Yaakov take, steals the blessings from that Yitzchak was going to give to Esav and pretends to be Esav and steals them instead. So two very famous stories that both center on the tragedy of the family dynamics of this very, very complicated set of four people, Yitzchak and Rivka, and then Yaakov and Esau, their twin sons. Now, there are many, many ways to read this story, the second story, which we'll focus on today, of when Yaakov steals the blessings. Lots of different dynamics are here at play. What I wanted to do this week is to look at the story through the lens of a word that appears over and over and over in it, which is the word tzayed. Now tzayed means game, not like a card game, but like hunted hunted meat. Um, and it's a word that we will see appears in all different parts of this story. Now, first of all, the word tzayed as a noun only appears 12 times in the Torah, in the five books of Moses. Nine of those are in this Parsha. And seven of those nine incidents of that word are in specifically this story about when Yaakov steals the bracha. And if we look even closer, we realize that the entire deception actually really centers around the word tzayed. So let's review that. So when the story, the story opens with Yitzchak calling to Esav and he says, okay, I'm really old and I'm going to die soon. And then before he even tells him <clears throat> what the what he's going to do, he says, Sana right? Go get your weapons and go out to the Sadeh, right? The field, but probably just really go out into the wild, into the wilderness, and go hunt me some game. And then the Aseli Matamim Kasher Ahafti. Make me some <clears throat> tasty food, just like I love and then bring it to me, and then I'm going to give you the bracha. So it seems that Yitzchak wants, before anything else happens with with Esav, he wants to be able to taste that game, that meat that Esav goes out to hunt, just like he loves. So we know that this is something that he has eaten before. Rivka, of course, is listening. And then as soon as Esav leaves, Latsud Sayed to go find that game to bring home, Rivka turns to Yaakov and says, all right, you got to get up. And here's what I just heard. Yitzchak, your father, just told Esav, Haviali Sayed, bring me this Sayed. And then I'm going to give you the blessing. So here's now Yaakov, here's what you got to do. You got to go find animals, domesticated animals to slaughter. I'm going to make that same dish that your father loves, and then you're going to go bring it to him, and he's going to give you the bracha. Yaakov, of course, is very wary of this, and then they decide, okay, we're going to also put you in first so that you feel hairy. And then they do this while Esau is still out looking for that Sayed. Yaakov brings this dish of the domesticated meat to his father, and then he says in verse 19, his famous lie, 
I am Asav, your firstborn. I did what you said. So now sit up and ve'achla mitzedi and eat of my game. The only time Yaakov ever says the word Sayed is when he is pretending to be his brother Esav and is lying about that. So it's actually Yaakov is never once associated with the word Sayed for something that is himself. The only time he uses it, <clears throat> excuse me, still got that cold. The only time he ever uses that word is when he is pretending to be Esav. So it's very clear that this word plays a critical role with relationship to Esav and in this story. And in fact, also, we realize that the entire story, the entire deception could only happen because Yitzchak wanted that Sayed. Yitzchak wanted Esav to go hunt. If he hadn't, Esav never would have left and Yaakov never would have had the opportunity to go in and steal the blessing. It's only because Esav isn't home that they're able to do that. Okay. So what do we do with this? What role, so what's the significance of this side? Why side? Why? What's the appeal here? Now, we have to first note that Yitzchak clearly has a superficial relationship with Sayed. How do we know that? We know that because Rivka instantly knows that if she slaughters a domesticated animal, she can prepare that meat the exact same way just like the matamim that Yitzchak loves, right? The same words are used. She can prepare it the exact same way and Yitzchak will never even suspect that anything is up, right? It's not about the physical reality of that Sayed. It's about what that Sayed clearly represents because it can't be the physical reality because Rivka knows her husband. She knows she can just imitate it. She knows that it's the same recipe, whether the meat is hunted or whether it's domesticated. She knows what Yitzchak does not know. So then that begs the question, Yitzchak isn't stupid. So what is his fascination with the Tzayed? Why does he love the Tzayed so much that, <clears throat> excuse me, that he even requests this as part of what he needs in order to be able to give Esav the bracha? Why is this a necessary component of that? So let's go back to the first couple of times. We said that seven times that the word Zayed appeared was in the, that actual story, but it appears two times earlier in the story, back in the beginning, right at in chapter 25, um, verse 27 and 28, right after Yaakov and Esau are born. The only thing we know about them when they're born is Yaakov is holding onto Esau's heel. And then in verse 27, we're told that so when the boys grew up, Esav became, it's translated here as a skillful hunter. right? He knew hunting. He's a man of the outdoors. As opposed to Yaakov, who's an Ishtam Yosheva Alim. He's like a mild man who stays close to home. The next verse tells us, that Isaac favored Esav. Well, I don't like that translation. Isaac loves Esav. Why? Because Sayed Befiv. Because he had a taste for game. Because game was in his mouth. 
Whereas Rivka, Ohevet et Yaakov, Rivka just loves Yaakov, not for any reason. She just loves Yaakov, maybe for who he is or without needing a reason to attach to it. So this is the first time this entire Esau's existence is defined by the fact of Zayed, by the fact that he is a hunter. And not just his existence, but also his relationship to his father. The entire reason that Yaakov loves, I mean, Yitzchak loves Esau is because of this Zayed, because of this hunting. And as we just said, we know that it's not a real reason. It doesn't actually affect the way this tastes. So it means that there's some other component of being a hunter that Yitzchak is attracted to. Now, many, I'm not the first person to advance this theory, that this is really a psychological issue for Yitzchak. Why? Yitzchak is the hunted. Think about Yitzchak's relationship with his own father, with Avraham. What's the, the, the main situation that we see? Of course, we know the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, in which Avraham literally prepares his son for slaughter. Yitzchak associates father-son relationship with hunt, with slaughter, with hunting, with blood. Now, of course, Yitzchak there is the victim. You can imagine what kind of psychological damage it would do to a person to be the victim of their father's anger, of anger, of their father's violence. And so then we think about how does Yitzchak develop a relationship with his own son? Well, it's not necessarily that he cultivated the fact of Esav as being a hunter, but certainly once we see that Esav is a good hunter, Esav is someone who likes to go out, Esav is someone who is focused on physical strength, then it makes sense that Yitzchak's attracted to that for a couple of reasons. First, that's the type of relationship he knows to have with a father-son relationship is based on that kind of violence, but also Yitzchak was the victim in the story with Avraham. Now he's attracted to the opposite. He's attracted to that strength that Esav has. That is what he loves about Esav. That is what he loves about his son. That his son is the one who hunts and not the one who gets hunted. His son is the one who represents all of the weaknesses that Yitzchak himself perceives about himself. We can imagine how much psychological damage the Akedah caused to Yitzchak. And now he looks at his son, he says, ah, my son, Esav, he is a hunter. And he would never, ever be the victim like I was. Now, this is a very interesting psychological component, and I think critical to understanding the story. So now I want to conclude by tying it into the actual story that we discussed the other seven times that this word appears in the actual stealing of the bracha. Now, as we said, this, the word Sayyid, as it appears in chapter 27, reveals two things. First of all, it emphasizes the superficiality of Yitzchak and his attraction to gain, because we learn there that there actually was no taste difference between domesticated meat and hunted meat. But we also see that it is at the center of the entire deception. Sayed is what gets Yaesav out of the house and enables Yaakov to come in and steal it. Yaakov has to lie with the use of the word Sayed to say, here's the Sayed that I hunted for you. It's the cause of 
so much of the trouble and also what enables Yaakov and Rivka to override the superficiality of Yitzchak's relationship to Esav and come in and steal it, right? We realize here that Zayed has to be superficial because Yitzchak doesn't actually differentiate between it and because it's just not essential to the story. If Yitzchak hadn't needed that meat, none of this ever would have happened. So I think that this is teaching us that Zayed here is a negative thing. Zayed doesn't play a positive role in the story. Now, I don't want to just end there because then we, it enables us to go down the road that some may have gone through that, well, it's because Asaph was actually a good guy and Yitzchak only likes superficiality about him because there's no, there's no content to like. I actually think that's totally missing the mark. But what I think is really happening here <clears throat> is that the Torah is teaching us a lesson about human psychology. Oftentimes, we are attracted to people because they represent everything that we see in ourselves as our own failures. We like people who are really loud and outgoing because we ourselves are too quiet. We like people who are funny because we don't think we ourselves are funny. We admire people for having the guts to do the things that we are too afraid to do. Now, it's not to dismiss all of that. Sometimes opposites do attract. But I think that when we think about what types of people do we like, what types of relationships do we cultivate in which we do favor some people over another, in which we are unusually attracted, not necessarily physically or emotionally to someone more than we are to other people. Because if you really, 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 really are like almost infatuated with someone, I think it, we should take always try to reflect on that relationship. What is it that I really like about this person? Or if a parent wants to, is sort of like is one of their kids more than the other. We all love our children equally, except sometimes maybe we have a stronger relationship with one over the other. I think we have to really check ourselves and say sometimes, and remind ourselves that sometimes human relationships are based on the psychology of the individuals. And that sometimes the things that we like in other people are really a reflection of the things that we don't like about ourselves. And I think that what this story really demonstrates to us is that Yitzchak was so attracted to Esav, loved Esav so much, because Esav represented the things that Yitzchak wasn't, that Yitzchak didn't see in himself. But through the use of the word Sayyid throughout the story in chapter 27, I think the Torah is teaching us at the same time that Sayyid wasn't actually an essential component of that relationship. Sayyid was superficial. Sayyid played, Sayyid led to the downfall of this family and Esav's downfall in that he didn't become the central son. Sayyid wasn't actually important. But Yitzchak couldn't see past that Sayyid. He couldn't even see Esav for who he was, good and bad. All he could see was, my son has all the strengths that counter the weaknesses that I see in myself. And I think that's an important lesson for us of how we can always be aware of our own relationships with friends and family and partners and try to make sure that we're checking ourselves constantly to know what are our own weaknesses? Where do we perceive weaknesses about ourselves? And how do those translate into the relationships we have with the people around us? Shabbat Shalom.